next guest is a nominee for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2022. Should have gotten in last year. They made a mistake. Uh, four-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowl. Everyone, welcome on Minnesota Vikings legend, Mr. Jared Allen. Jared, how's everything going for you? Oh, good. I can't complain. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So you said you didn't stay up for the late game last night? It was on until like 1 a.m. Eastern. No, I didn't. You know what? I actually was uh, – I forgot it was on. I was texting with my accountant who was at the game. And uh, then I went and so then he was like – basically told me he was miserable because he's a Chiefs fan, obviously. And uh, so I went and checked out the score. And, um, yeah, it seems like seems like the Chiefs have been figured out a little bit the last few weeks. Yeah. No, our, our lightning delay at halftime. It was That's- wild. That's one of those things you might as well just postpone it. I don't know. Like that's that's tough. I mean, you gotta have to rewarm up, you know, re-get your juices going. Uh, hopefully no one got injured because that's that's the toughest part is try to get to get that that energy back going after that much time off. That's like almost a full game off. I know you spent some time there and they were saying that the bills for the the visitors locker room is not really meant for people to be chilling <laughs> for an hour. It's terrible, but that's not supposed to be. Any facility that has a nice visitor locker room. They're not, they're not really in the spirit of the game. The visitor locker room should be trash. Uh, but, yeah, the KC visitor locker room is, is no, not very good. I think it it's, it's rivals some, some high school locker rooms. <laughs> did, did you ever have any games with an extended delay like that, besides Super Bowl, obviously? You know what? Uh, not that I can remember offhand. I'm trying to think there was probably one or two, but um, nothing crazy like that. That's, 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 that's a tough one because, I mean, they're, you're really pretty much getting undressed and then just trying to re- reprogram yourself to come back in in like full game mode um so that, that's got to be kind of hard to get to get prepped back up get warm back up and get your mind mentally set to get out there and, and you know get back to work and i know i saw your interview on a pat mcafee show a couple weeks ago i saw you kind of loosely follow the nfl how much do you actually watch uh hardly any at all to be honest i, I follow it more from like uh you know i'll scroll through the scores on apps or you know check on guys that i know that are playing um obviously i'll, I'll keep up with you know how, how the vikings are doing or you know, my guy George Payton's with the Broncos now, so I'll check in with them. And uh, actually, you know, I got a lot of a lot of ex-coaches and uh, ex-teammate of mine up there with the Bills. So, you know, check in to see how they're doing. Um, you know, just kind of kind of a glimpse around the NFL and peek there. But as far as watching, I don't think I've sat down and watched an NFL game in, uh, in quite some time. Now, college football, I'll catch I'll catch some college football now and then. That's still fun to watch. But, you know, typically I got, I got you know, young kids and the weekends are busy, uh, busy doing stuff. No, yeah, so you can't spend time watching the night. Yeah, nine who's got to be really? Who's got? Who's got two days to sit on the couch watching football? Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. Especially yesterday it was nine thirty a.m. London game until oh. one a.m. The Sunday that ended. So yeah, that's that, just. I mean, that's just asking for like you know <laughs> diabetes and obesity. Sit on the yeah. couch that long. Yeah, absolutely. So I want. I want to ask you about your your foundation to helping out wounded warriors. How did you get into that? And what are some of the cool stuff you guys are doing? So you know, I started my foundation back in two thousand nine. Um, my whole family's uh, military, my grandfather, you know, brothers, uncles, all that, uh, went on a USO trip, a USO tour and came back and decided, you know, I wanted to do something to serve those who serve us. And, uh, found out, found out about the gap in adaptive housing. So what we do is we build and remodel houses to make them handicap accessible for our wounded vets all over the uh, country. Um, and we're doing a lot of things. We're, you know, goodness, we're building the house here in Tennessee. We got projects going on to California, Texas, um, about to announce another uh, recipient here Thursday cool. um, down in Florida. Uh, we got New York, Virginia, North Carolina. So uh, we got a lot of things going on and uh, a lot of great partners. So we're just chugging, you know, chugging away. Uh, you know, and we'll keep doing this until there's no more needs. So um, 
but yeah, it, it's one of those things where unfortunately, you know, when our men and women come back, uh, they're not all, there's, there's, there's a gap and, and, and not, you know, unfortunately that the government doesn't meet all their needs. And so, you know, it's kind of, I feel like it was my, my patriotic duty to, to step up and, and give those who have given me my American dream to give them their slice of the American dream. And so um, it's been, it's been great. And, you know, we just, we keep chugging along and continue to try to do the right thing by, uh, by those who have dedicated their lives and have sacrificed, you know, life and limb. Um, so we can sit around and, you know, do things like this. And I got to, you know, play a game for a living. So, you know, it, it's funny, you look at this, this country and, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the greatest countries in the world on the, on the, on the fact, simple fact that, you know, we have an all volunteer military force of course. and, um, you know, strangers, you know, lay down their lives. And, and, and like I said, some come back severely wounded. Um, so everyone can have, you know, the ability to dream, the ability to, to live out their dreams. And so for that reason alone, uh, I felt like, you know, I'm obligated to make sure when they come home that you know, we do our best to take care of them. Have you noticed that the VA has started doing more since you started the foundation? You know what? It's, 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 no, yes and no. I mean, there's a lot of programs, right? There's, there's stuff like that, but you know, we're in a weird situation because of HIPAA laws, you know, like, you know, we don't have direct access to wounded veterans, which, you know, you shouldn't, um, you know, I've been, I've been an advocate for, you know, the VA having a website that allows veterans to get to all, you know, do some sort of vetting. You know, there's a lot of bad organizations out there as well. Um, you know, do a vetting, some sort of vetting progress or process to veterans will have access to us. Uh, you know, we don't necessarily need full access to them. Uh, I understand privacy laws and all that stuff, especially dealing with medical and injuries. So, but we have so many great partners and so many great organizations we work with, um, you know, like United, United Rangers lead the way, you know, they deal with, you know, specifically Rangers. So we get recipients from them. We've done stuff with uh, the Simplify, you know, foundation, you know, the home, you know, we are partnered with Home Depot and, you know, we got so many great people that we were able to find, um, who we need and, and, and get with you. And in some cases, you know, we, we do, we partner up with KB homes. We can get a house done in like six months in some oh, cases. Cool. So it's been, it's been a great deal. And um, so, yeah, so it's been, uh, yeah, like I said, unfortunately, you know, from a housing, from a housing standpoint, not much has changed except for maybe the allotment that, that, you know, in some of the programs that, that go towards our veterans. Um, but, you know, again, at the end of the day, you know, that's where society has to step up and fill those gaps. Now, I know I was watching some special a couple weeks ago on, on the burn pits, burn pits with the victims. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, that's that's, you know, we haven't gotten into that side. So we deal with more, um, you know, physical injuries and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, now you're seeing the cancer rates and stuff like that yeah. that are popping up based on uh, on the duty. Right. And that's it's unfortunate. I mean, you got to get rid of the waste. And that's and that's the diesel fuel and, and, and the human waste kind of, you know, I think I think that's kind of the stuff that that us civilians we don't think about. Right. You know. We, we sit here and we take full advantage of the freedoms that we have every day. Um, and unfortunately, there's a lot of suck that goes on to protect those freedoms. And you know, just something like that, you know what I mean? You're just doing your grunt work yeah. by, you know, doing your chores, basically. Hey, we got to We got to get rid of this this waste that we have over here. So we're burning yeah. it. And now these it's are like the airplane fuel, well, jet fuel. Yeah. What, the, what are you yeah. doing? And so, you you know, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like, you know, look at the Vietnam era, right? You know. Asian orange and stuff like that. And, and, and you had cousins and uncles that ended up developing cancer and passing away from, from that. And, um, you know, so it's, it's, again, there's, there's so many different sacrifices that come into, to what plays, you know, I'm not saying right, wrong, or indifferent, right. I think everybody does the best that they can do at the, at the given time. Unfortunately, some of those decisions have, you know, life changing and life lasting consequences. And, um, you know, 
And to be honest, I don't think you, you're not going to count on your government to, to fill every need and void. And that's where a society we need to step up, yeah. whatever those needs be. And we need to meet those needs of those who fight so we can sit around, you know, gripe, bitch, complain, do whatever it is we want to do um, and realize that it's human life that's put on the line. Like you said, it's not always a bullet. It's not always a war that changes it. Sometimes it's the act of just, you know, the, the tedious task of cleaning up after yourself that ends to these uh to, 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 to health problems and, and death and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, again, we try to step in on the, on the housing side for, for when men and women lose, you know, arms, legs or paralyzed or TBI that, that is, you know, debilitating to your daily function. You know, we kind of step in and try to give them a home that functions for them to give them their freedom back. That's awesome. It's awesome. The work you guys are doing. I'll link this when I, when I post it. And that's awesome. I saw you, you said you're doing, so you're announcing somebody else Thursday. So it's make their whole week. That's a, that's a fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, going to be a good one. That, that, that one should be a quick one. We're partnering up with, uh, with KB Holmes on that one and uh, down in Florida. So it, it should, it should bang it out quickly. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then to, 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 you've been keeping up with the Vikings at all kind of this year because the defense is, yeah. the defense on paper is <laughs> great. If you're watching the game, it's not great. That's what I heard. You know what? It was good to see it. Uh, I caught I caught the box score. I saw their struggle for the Vikings or the, their uh, Lions a little bit. Caught the box score. It was good to see an old teammate, Everson Griffin, have a good game. Seems like he's he's you know kind of coming back on. I don't know what year this is. Yeah. Maybe ten for him or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I do keep up with them because I'm a big fan of Daniel Hunter. I think he's uh, he's a stud. he's phenomenal. Nobody talks about him. Nobody yeah, talks he, about him. he's he. No one's been talking about him for his entire career. I, I feel like you don't hear his name mentioned, and you, and you constantly hear guys you know, mentioned who I think might be overhyped. And here's a guy that's just been doing it. I mean, for four years now, just, I mean, smashing people. I don't know how he might be his fifth year in the row, but I mean, I mean, consistently he was hurt last year. I know, but you know, four years in a row, dude just been putting up numbers and just, I mean, and he's dominant and he's a dominant presence on the field. So it's good. To, you know, it's always good to see him shine and, and you know, having, you know, and back there probably, they're probably both comfortable with each other, but yeah, you know what? I, I, it's, I warned him. I warned. I was talking with uh, Tom West before. I said they were talking about those two big D tackles, and they started comparing them to Kevin and Pat. And I warned. Him, I said, "Don't do that. Don't do those guys a disservice <laughs> like that, because unless they've been doing it for a few years at a high, high level, like you're setting yourself up as a team, and you're setting those two gentlemen up for failure." Um, and I, so I think I think there were some expectations that that you know were, were prematurely set for that defense and that D line that just haven't come to fruition and um, you know, injuries can play a big part in it. I know that, you know, we went through that from 09 to 2010 where, you know, you're, you're sometimes you can be so good that you, that you cover over some glaring gaps and depth being one of them. Um, that's kind of been a, an MO for, for the Vikings to be honest, but you're, you're really good. You have some great players, but once you get into your second and third levels, you really start to fall off. Um, and so you, you really kind of need some of those fill-in players that can, we always, like I always laughed and said, Fred Evans for us was like the glue that kept the team together. He got along with everybody. He was able to go in and give Pat and Kevin, you know, 20 plays off, 15 plays off and, and the level not drop, right? We had, you know, Kennedy, we always had guys that could come, even when Ev, we used to bump Evans side and pass for stuff. So we kind of had some moving parts up front that could, that could come in and give a guy a break. Um, and so, you know, I haven't, I haven't watched, too much on what's going on in the back end, but yeah, you see, you see yourself getting drugged for 100 plus yards in the rushing game. You got to That's that's on the front by the man. Lions. By yeah, the Lions. And, and it's, and, but it's I've, I've caught the box scores and it's been kind of consistently every week. I haven't seen how it's done. I don't know if it's been some trash game, but the Lions game was a close game, yeah. and that's something you know that that falls on that, that falls on an attitude, right? That that's a, that's a mentality to to smash the run as a mentality. I know it's sexy to get to the quarterback. But I think what what in today's D, uh, NFL you forget you have to earn the right to rush the passer, 
And I remember, you know, we used to have a bad, it was a badge of honor to be top run defense. Um, and we never wanted a guy to go for a hundred, even a team to go for a hundred and say the least than that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a mentality. I mean, you're going to have the skill sets, you know, and it, it's just a mentality to put your hand in the dirt and, and choke the dude out across from you and, and smash that run. Um, do you, do you think Kirk's the guy long-term or do you think he's a stopgap? Uh, no, I, I mean, it depends on, it depends on what you want. Right. Um, you know, how, what, what year is this for Kirk? I couldn't tell you. I remember he was in D.C. and those years just yeah. Kind of faded I mean, away. again, so Kurt, Kurt's always he's, he's he's you know in my opinion he's 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 a good player, right? I mean that's it's it's there's not it's not going to be it's not going to be great, um, and, and I think you you saw that run, right? I mean, and, and to be honest, to give Kurt some you know a little bit of uh, breathing room here, he came into a situation where you go with Case Keenum to the NFC Championship game, and his only expectation is NFL or or he's not doing it, or I mean Super Bowl, you're not doing your job. Right. So, you know, yeah, I don't think you can put all the blame on him. I, I, I do think they were unfairly looking to him to be a franchise quarterback at a level that he's not. I don't think, you know, and I don't think there's that many guys in the NFL that are at that level. There's always every year you know, there's a handful of franchise quarterbacks that can solely take you to the playoffs. Right. Um, I think so. You know, you look with Kurt, I mean, when they win, they run the ball well, they can play action down the field and they play great defense. Right. So that seems to be the formula. And whenever that gets skewed, you know, yeah, Kurt might go and throw up 340 some odd yards or some game or five touchdowns, or whatever. But I don't think that's the long term, you know, success because then the defense gives up 40 points. I, I you know, I think you got it. You got to know as as a team what your identity is and what your winning, you know, formula is, and and stick to it. And unfortunately, like you said, you know, when you're giving up your know, trunks in the run game and you're allowing them to control the you know ball, you're, that means you're not probably not. Typically, you don't have to watch a game. You can see. If a team's running the ball, you're probably not getting out the field like you want it. You're probably in third and short down situations. And and now they're grinding on your defense within is not getting your offense enough opportunity. So it's it's that it's that fine line and that and that you know that finesse. And I think that's where the Vikings have always had success, at least since Zim's been there. And and Zim, and to be honest, I think Zim's MO over his career, you know, even when he was with the Bengals as a D coordinator. You play, look at what they did with, you know, and he wasn't the, you obviously wasn't the head coach, but you play amazing defense because they had a great defense in, in Cincinnati when he was there. And what was Andy Dalton doing? They had a decent run game. He'd throw the ball down to AJ Green, right? And and they would win games. Yeah. And so I think that's that's kind of that same, that same the way they're built. I mean, the offensive line in Minnesota isn't built to throw the game, you know, 40. And I don't really know that any offensive line these days is built to throw the ball 50 times a game unless you got a mobile quarterback, right? So, yeah. um, yeah, and so I, I think with Kurt, I guess it just depends on what they're trying to what they're trying to accomplish overall. Is I, I guess my my point is at this point in his career, you're not going to see all of a sudden, you know, it's going to stack on his shoulders. He's going to take you to a Super Bowl without yeah. all the parts working together, which is fine because it's a team game. And and you know, now you look at the Chiefs or you look at something like that. People expect Patrick Mahomes to take them to the Super Bowl, and. He, you know, barely. I mean, that's that's where his ceiling's at. He's and he's young, and he still has that. People expect Tom Brady to win and take the Super Bowl, but let's not forget that you know that that Tampa Bay defense was pretty lights out last year yeah. too. Yeah, I, I want to ask you one more question about the current Vikings. Um, were you there when Thielen was just running around in the practice squad? I was. Yeah, he was just the kid out of what was Mankato State or something like that. Um, and he's turned into a great player. Uh, I think, and that's that that's to me is is cool part about the NFL when you see stories like that. And that's where I, I think you you see the 
you know, when, when you have a team, which the Vikings do, they put a lot of, or you know, I should say I, when I was there, you know, I don't know what the current coaching staff is, but usually or the organization's mindset's typically the same uh, in, into developing players. Right. Uh, they want it, you look with, with Ev, right. You want to, you know, Ev came in and was behind us for a few years and now he's had a pro bowl, you know, caliber career uh, making multiple pro bowls. You look, you look at, you know, you know, they, the, the players that they have drafted have, have succeeded and you look at that in the farm system too, right? Where the practice squad guys have elevated and gone up. I mean, you even take Donald Penn, who I believe was on the practice squad. That was before I got there, but he had a great, he ended up having a great career, you know, down the line with, with other teams. And you can look at guys that have come off of that. So for Thielen to be on the practice squad, to making pro bowls and being a top receiver in the NFL, I mean, it's, it's such a great story. And I think that's a lot of, lot to do with, with the faith in the, in the, in the organization as well is, is wanting to build that, not just having, you know, you just they didn't want blocking dummies. They really wanted to develop those guys into players. One other guy that was on the practice squad that I didn't really realize until a couple weeks ago. I didn't realize that Taylor Heineke was a practice squad guy for you guys. Were you there for that? Or was that after your time? Oh man, if he, if I here's the if if he was there with me, I don't remember. Him, so <laughs> so that, that just makes me a bad teammate. But uh, that might have been after my time. Oh, cool, cool. Now, I want to ask you: How do you end up at Idaho State? Just a couple more questions for you. Ah, uh, you know what? Got in trouble in high school. Lost about. 10, 13, full rides, you know, got kicked out of school for stealing yearbooks. Um, yearbooks? Print, print gone wrong. You know what? We, we thought it was funny to take all the yearbooks. School did not think it was as funny as we did. And uh, I got kicked out of school. So it looked, that, didn't, that didn't look too uh, too good upon my uh, my transcripts going forward. <laughs> wow. And then I, 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 had, um, I had Kendall Gammon on a couple months ago. And he uh, said yes. that he was somehow involved in your sack celebration. Well, um, really, so it kind of came down to, well, we, so the guys used to do, like, first of all, the vets used to make up things for me to do my first year, my rookie year, right? They used to just be like, hey, we want you to do this this year. We want your this, this game, whatever. And, you know, I was talking with Neil, uh, Neil Smith after a game because uh, they honored him. And I was doing, I did a celebration after a couple of sacks. We were out at dinner. And he was like, you need to find something that would, that pertains to you and just do it. And so you know, kind of the team talking about it. Uh, I really don't remember too much what Kendall's input was. I'm sure there was input because they, those guys always had input, but, um, but yeah, so it was more, I remember Neil Smith telling me, find something that was you. And I grew up, you know, calf roping and, and roping and stuff like that growing up on a ranch, on a horse ranch. And so, you know, we kind of said, all right, that'd be dope, you know, tie him up and stop the clock on him. So that just kind of stuck. But, um, but then again, I got hit in the head for a living a lot more than Kendall did. So he probably has a better, <laughs> he probably has a better uh, understanding of, of where that came from. Or, or what his input was, but, um, but yeah, it was, they probably, I probably ran it by the group. Right. And, you know, as the collective leadership, you know, probably, uh, probably got me to, to stick with that. And what, what was it like when you finally got to the Vikings when you first, after the trade? Uh, you know, it was a little, I'll be honest, it's a little nerve wracking. Right. So you're going from, you know, a place where I was comfortable, obviously in Kansas city, um, as far as from a community standpoint, uh, forced the trade, right? Because you know we didn't we couldn't come to terms on uh, on a long term deal, and uh, so then I get I get not only do I get you know become the highest paid defensive player in NFL history, they're giving up major draft picks. Uh, I just led the league in sacks, you know, made my first Pro Bowl. So there's this whole you know you know thing that you got to come in. And my mentality is always you know not to focus on what you've done is I don't know you never never want to be a bust, you know. So I was a little nerve wracking and then coming in and playing with Pat and Kevin, it took me some getting used to, to figure out, you know, where that worked. I was so used to kind of having free reign 
you know, kind of going wherever I needed to go to make plays. Um, and I was trying not to, you know, A, get in their way either. But B, I mean, it was like it was literally a race to the ball. You, you, you might make a good move and all of a sudden ball carriers on the ground, quarterbacks are already on the ground. And you got to remember, we had Ray Edwards, who people don't ever talk about. He was our weakest link on the defensive line with like, you know, 40, 50 tackles a year with eight sacks. You know, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's the weakest guy, you know, coming across the, you know, supposedly I'm talking about as far as, you know, sack wise, and never like, you know, kept Pat and Kevin on the inside, obviously want to get eight, 10, so I would get Kevin mine. I think Kevin had six to eight his first year there, adding to like three, but you know, you know, we had, we had three pro, you know, all pros and then Ray who in today's NFL would be making, you know, pro bowls and, and all pros with eight, you know, 50 tackles, eight, to 10 sacks. So it was, it was, it was kind of a, it was kind of just a whole different mentality, but I think what, what pulled me through and, and, and was able to calm it down is we were so competitive amongst ourselves in the D-line room that I wasn't worried about, you know, making sure I was the best on the team or making sure I was living up to the contract. You know, it was more, you know, we had so much pressure to perform just in our D-line room alone. And again, I think we all were in that same mindset where we knew the big numbers, the sexy numbers would take care of themselves because we were, you know, we hung our hats on being the number one run defense. And, you know, they they came in like, hey, we play the run here. You know, I was like, y'all better check my, you know, obviously you don't, didn't see the stats where I had 76 tackles the year previous year. You know, So it was always a competition. I think that's kind of what allowed me to, to really just even expand my game there and be in that comfort zone and the trust that they put in me to let me do what I do and prepare how I prepare. Um, and again, when you're around great players, you, it, it, it brings you up. You either are going to, uh, you're either going to rise that occasion or you're going to fall. And then not to mention, then I had Brett come in the following year, which he, he brought a whole new level of expectation of greatness. And so, you know, each year you're just trying to, you know, do your part and stay, stay ahead of the game. And, uh, fortunately for me, I had a lot of great players on that defense yeah. that, I, that I had to be accountable to and try to stay up, stay up to par with. When you look at the 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 uh, the stat line now, and you had twenty two, you're just like, holy shit! Or you're like, yeah, fucking twenty two. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I, honestly, I, I still don't think about the one. I think about the three I missed that that year. You know, I had one <laughs> taken from me. I had one in the uh, in the Green Bay game that on the road that Monday night game. I had one taken from me. They called it a team sack because they called it a muff. Uh, where I dropped the ball, picked it back up, ran out, and I tackled him. Should be sack. They call it a team sack. I don't know what the heck going on with the NFL these days. Um, so that was 22. And then there was another one that game. I came through on a blitz. I hit his leg. I got up thinking I, I got him down. I was celebrating, but as I hit him, he starts to stop. He puts his hand out. Antoine Whitfield jumps on, finishes the sack off. There was one. I hit Drew Brees right as he threw the ball and the ball, instead of going backwards, went forward and the incomplete pass. So those are the ones I rack in my brain. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, you know, yeah, it's a great, it was, it was one of those years where I tell people the only difference between 22 and 15 or 22 and 12, even 10 is you don't miss, right? You just, I just didn't miss that year. And uh, we were in some great opportunities. Unfortunately, we won three games that year, but it was just, this doesn't show well for our defense, at least our past defense, because we had, we had leads. I think, you know, eight, eight games that year, we had leads at halftime. And we blew it. So, you know, it doesn't very, fare well for us on the, on the, on that side, but it gave me opportunities is what I should say. Yeah. And then I want to ask you for this. You guys saw you were on first take of the day or a clip of you was on first take of the day. You talk about that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you know, anytime you get to make fun of Dan Orlovsky for running out the back of the end, you got to take full advantage of that. I think people talk to me more about that than, than anything else. And the greatest part is Dan's such a great sport about it. You know, uh, I think that, that, that following year was the first time I met him, whatever. He's like, dude, I'm a huge fan. We were laughing about the uh, him running out the back of the end zone. 
And so I, 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 I admire, you know, I think he does a great job on ESPN. It's phenomenal. And uh, anybody that can make fun of themselves, my hat's off to him. So any, and anytime I can get in and rib somebody for a bonehead play, hey, I'm all for it. <laughs> can you take me, what was going through your mind on that play when you saw him like, what the hell is he doing? This disbelief. And, and so the only, and here's the deal. The only reason I knew the sack counted towards me, because I think it was either earlier in that game or, or a previous game, maybe it was the year before I know. Kevin and I were chasing somebody out of bounds and Kevin was the closest one to him and got credit for the sack, right? And so I was giving him a hard time for it. And I believe this, I believe this might've been 08, I think this happened, right? And, uh, and he was like, he jumped out. I think he had like six sacks freaking on me. And I was like two or three. And so I'm trying to catch, I don't know, like if I can, if I lose a sack to, you know, challenge to de-tackle, I need to quit. And uh, <laughs> so I came around, let's, let's be honest, I whooped the tight end that he was getting sacked one way. Like there was no, there was no way about it. He was the, either he was throwing it into the ground. It was going to be a safety for intentional grounding or he was getting sacked. Um, Cause he was, so he took, he takes off running and I just watched him bail out the back and then he's, and he keeps running. And then I looked, I see the ref not really blowing the whistle. So I'm like pointing like, and then me, I'm laughing because I know it's a sack. I know it's a safety and I'm dialing. And I know Kevin's pissed probably. Kevin is probably, uh, pissed off so um just yeah pure comedy i you know i disbelieve and pure joy and celebration because i was like wow this just happened i don't know that this will ever happen again where a guy came around the corner i saw him come around the corner and intentionally ran out the back of the end zone <laughs> that's wild that's what and there's one, one last quick question for you how cool would it be to, to actually get into canton this year i know last year i, I don't know if you was un, unfairly biased against you last year since so many other first year guys got in they may be like hey we can't have this many guys in this year how cool would it be just to get that knock on the door from david Baker? Hey, it'd be amazing like I, I it's it's obviously the ultimate individual goal right uh you know i said it last year you know i i try to i try to control what i can control and it's kind of this weird surreal feeling where um where you just, you don't have, um, like you don't have any control, right? So it's like, I'm getting rejudged on a career that I already had and we're trying to see if it's good enough, right? But it's like, it's obviously it was good enough because I'm in the conversation. And so it's, for me, it's like, I'm not gonna sit there and knock anybody else because everybody's in the same situation and every player that you're in there with is amazing, right? You, I mean, you can't argue against any of those players. You know, you're, you're starting to you do semantics, right? And uh, and stuff like that so for me just to be a a, a first ballot um finalist was amazing um you know so wherever those chips I, I think i mean it would be it'd be one of those one of those greatest greatest achievements of my life you know honestly you know other than my kids getting married and and uh, and, and finding the lord um and so for me like it, in in my pinnacle what i dedicated my life to at such an early age like it would be the greatest honor bestowed upon me so, um, yeah, and I think, I think this year too, for me, like, I don't know where, what they're, how the hell they'll vote with where or that like that. Um, but our careers are, are pretty much, and he was somebody I was constantly in my mind pushing against, right? He, he was a guy, a competitor that, that kept me at my highest. And you look at our stats, I mean, they're dang near identical over the course of 20 years. So it would be, if we could, if we could, I don't know if he'll go first ballot or not, but, uh, but it'd be cool to share that with, you know, something with that, like that with him, if, if that was possible, um, so yeah, we'll see how we'll see how the voting goes. But I always do say, I go, it's you know, as much as it it's it's such an amazing honor. Uh, it's either way, my kids aren't going to love me less. My wife isn't going to love me less. Uh, the, the grass isn't going to stop growing. Still have to mow the lawn. I still got things to do. So I kind of just sit back, you know, take it as it comes, and I enjoy the ride, enjoy the process. 
uh, hopefully I get to enjoy it with a bunch of great men. And um, if I, if, like I said, if I get in, that would be what an honor. Um, so yeah, hopefully sooner than later, I don't want to be, yeah. you know, Sally nine, 10 times as a finalist would probably get a little <laughs> old. So, um, you know, which again, Tony Vaselli, what an amazing, what an amazing dude. Like who knows what that dude could have been if he didn't suffer injuries. That dude was one of the most dominant offensive linemen. I mean, in his time, it was, it was crazy. So, uh, but just that my name mentioned is, is such a cool deal. So we'll see, but yes, sooner rather than later would be yeah. amazing. So I don't have to stress about it. <laughs> and, and last year they gave you like 35 seconds to talk. So like from here on out, you might get more time to actually play the Oscar music and booyah, get you up the stage. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I don't know. I well, might might not even know what my speech would be like. Honestly, uh, you know, I think so many people try to put too much into it just to a cap kind of say la vie. Awesome, awesome. But I do appreciate the time. Awesome, uh, awesome work you guys are doing. Can't wait to hear about the thing you uh, the person. I want to. You guys gonna film the person getting the reaction? They find out they get a new house on Thursday. No, I I just call them. Like we allow our we allow our recipients to be as as involved in media or as much as they want and. Uh, this one kind of already knows because there's been some moving parts uh, just to make sure he wanted to be in this right community. Um, but it'll be, it'll be great. It's, it's always, I, I tell you what, I think you, what you think is they're going to like, it's always like kind of almost silent at first. And they're like, wait, seriously. And they always, this is what, this is what humbles me to my core is that all of them think someone else deserves it more than they do. And, and for me, that is, there's no, more gratifying means to give somebody who has zero expectations you know what i mean um and when they when they have sacrificed what they've sacrificed and and their stories are just are just i mean deep they touch you deeply and for that their first response to be like man there's gotta be someone else deserves it more than me you know even after all they've been through to to think of others it just makes you want to do even more for them so um yeah this is uh this this is going to be great and um but yeah, there'll be. I, I guarantee our, our foundation will put out a full press release. Awesome. And 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 get all that stuff. And uh, the key ceremonies are the greatest when you get to see the finished product and get to move people in. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, do appreciate you taking the time. This was a, this was awesome. Hopefully, the Chiefs and the Vikings get this shit going. Chiefs. Hopefully, there's no more <laughs> yeah. one o'clock in the morning games. That was. Oh nuts. man, I, I I tell people all the time this league is crazy, and my stepdad's still a diehard Chiefs fan, obviously because I was drafted there. But I said, you give people enough time, they will figure you out. And that is the challenge of this league. And that is the challenge of being great in this league from a team or from a player is constantly evolving your game to stay ahead of everybody else. So, uh, you know, I hope the Chiefs figure it out because I do like watching my, that city is such a fun city to, to and those fans are so amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, both them and the Vikings need to figure it out. It'd be great for them to meet the Super Bowl one of these days. And uh we could uh then i then i just be a head case who could cheer yeah 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 <laughs> well do do appreciate it again and I, I wanted to thank you one more time but it doesn't my mean pleasure. A lot. thanks for having me